Hi everyone, welcome back to our student podcast. Um, as usual, we're joined by Antonia. Hello again, everyone. And today our guest is Ellen. Um, okay, Ellen, we're going to start with some quick fire questions just to get to know you a little bit. Is that, are you ready for the question? Yeah, okay. Question number one, library or Mason lounge? Oh, it depends. Library if you want to get work done, Mason if you want to have a chat. <laughs> I think that's quite good. That's yeah. quite good, like... Balance. Yeah. That Would is you good. do, like, group work in the Mason lounge, do you think? I mean, depends how much work we were actually doing. <laughs> but, yeah, group work, yeah, great. <laughs> Just so you all know, that was inverted commas. <laughs> <laughs> okay, question two. Seminar or lecture? Again, it kind of depends whether you feel like talking. Um, seminar generally, yeah. it's nice to like actually like give your opinions and stuff, but lectures are quite nice if you're a bit tired. Yeah, true. <laughs> I think yeah. that's a very diplomatic answer. Yeah, no, I know. I'm not making my mind up on anything here. So. No. Okay, question three. Coursework or exam? Coursework. Yeah. I'm not making my mind up no, on I'm anything not, here. Coursework. <laughs> very sure that I much prefer coursework oh my yeah. god okay and the final one this is like the big one no. Greece or Rome Greece me too yeah I, I, I can't really reason that but I'm just sort of gonna go with it um, <laughs> I think we've had a lot of people answer like that haven't we Alex in the podcast it's been what, sort of like, like I just I just like Greece <laughs> yeah I'd rather go on like, holiday there um, there we are. Perfect. <laughs> okay. Well, if the, if that didn't give you enough of an introduction, I'll pass it to Ellen. And Ellen, let yes. us know about you. Yeah. Hi, I'm Ellen. I'm going into my second year studying ancient and medieval history. Um, I'm absolutely loving my time at Birmingham so far. So um, that's yeah. really good news, considering <laughs> you're a first year who yeah. has had to deal with the pandemic um, this right. year. So. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, no, and I'm really interested in sort of making sure that lots of people like get access to things like classical history, ancient history, medieval history, those kinds of areas of history that you don't really come across as much, um, or you might not come across as much, certainly if you've come from like a state school background, um, like I did. Um, so yeah, there we go. It's a bit interesting. So like this is so for this podcast we're kind of talking about that accessibility mm. issues and stuff yeah. which I think is something that we don't really talk about enough considering that it's something that we're doing as a degree yeah definitely for our audience can you kind of sum up like what are the accessibility issues mm. that classics ancient history um face at yeah. university level <laughs> well literally at all levels of mm. education yeah, so very few state schools offer A-levels or GCSEs in things like Latin, Greek, ancient history, uh, classics, that sort of thing. So it's sort of meaning that the majority, so because the majority of the country go to a state school or a state comprehensive, that means that the majority of people aren't getting access to education or exposure, certainly, which is the most important thing, exposure to topics that you could go on to study at degree level. So because the curriculum is certainly in my experience, very 20th century focused um, for like plain vanilla history, because my school didn't offer anything other than just history. 
um, it just means that people aren't really getting the exposure to it and it sort of becomes mystified and seen as quite like, like an elite thing to do to study mm. classics and it's like it's what posh people do you go to Oxford you study classics you become prime minister like that's it it's not <laughs> sorry I'm not laughing at you I'm, I'm agreeing <laughs> like it's not seen as something that normal people can do um because it's just so mystified and no one sort of knows what classics is like generally what it encompasses um so I think that's a pretty big issue with it is that no one's just getting just nobody's exposed to it and it's and it's seen as like a like an elite thing to do and yeah. certainly when I was me and one of my friends is currently studying classics Oxford I'm studying ancient and medieval history and when we were applying we both went to the same state comprehensive um we were sort of everyone was like that's weird that's niche and the UCAS advisor actually told my friend to apply for history um really? because she th she said oh you, you'll never get into classics because we're from I mean it's I mean it's a fair quite cynical observation that <laughs> yeah. yeah that she can yeah. now be um yeah know, exactly saying go away I was gonna say something so much ruder but <laughs> I'm not gonna say to, yeah, to exactly. that UCAS advisor and so can you because you've got in and you're mm. doing it but you know, I suppose it took a little bit of, well, you had to be very sure of yourself to know that you wanted to do that when you mm. were being advised by all sorts of other people, perhaps not, not to. Yeah. And I think it's because, I mean, yeah, we, I mean, certainly my friend was going in with a disadvantage because she hadn't been studying um, ancient history and classics at A-level or GCSE mm. um, for like, since she was tiny. So it was like a, a kind of a made us go, oh, okay. So maybe this isn't like a, degree subject that's seen as um I don't know normal or like regular like the sort of history or geography or like normal arts or humanities so I think it's really important to making sure that people understand what what classics is and that sort of thing I like yeah. the fact that we can hear all the normal home noises yeah, yeah, it's, the, going around. it's the bin men <laughs> ah the bin men fantastic <laughs> we've got I was saying just before we started recording the podcast we've got actually um work going on outside in our cul-de-sac <laughs> so we might hear a drill going at some point fingers crossed we don't um do you mind if I just jump in and ask another quick question here Alex and Ellen um so you're, you're talking about classics quite openly here, which is absolutely wonderful. Is there a reason that you decided to do ancient and medieval history, which is a degree, it's a joint, well, it's a single honours degree yeah. programme, isn't it? And it's honed in, in the Department of History, but you get to work in classics and history. Is that right? Yeah, so, yeah, so basically, so I get to do modules from Kaha and modules from history, but my home department, yeah, as you say, is, is history. But it's fairly equal like I don't really feel that I'm any more tied to history than I am to Kaha um, and it's quite a good one if you're not really sure how much mm. of, like medieval history you want to do how much of ancient history you want to study so for example next year I'm learning Greek so ah! like I'm doing more like classic-y stuff but I'm also doing like modules on the Vikings so it's quite a good degree if you're not entirely sure you don't want to like narrow down immediately um, mm. between like ancient stuff and less Ancient. less ancient yeah <laughs> that's cool yeah. just thinking about what you said kind of about the accessibility issues so I didn't have the op opportunity to study latin or mm. greek either and I actually wouldn't have like I wouldn't have been able to do straight classics no no neither I couldn't have so, done classics. yeah so classical literature I think I said this we've we've mentioned this before in a previous podcast like 
I think it's not even for classical literature. So like, I mean, as you said, you went to a state school, I went to a state school. Luckily they did it at my at A level. So I had exposure to it. Um, I, I didn't have to have money to study classical literature. Yeah. But I would have had to have money to study classical. Mm. Yeah. So and also if you want to do like your, uh, like a, an A-level, like outside of school or GCSE outside of school, you have to be able to afford to do the tutoring. Like even if you're not paying to go to a state school, you're going to have to pay to get the lessons to get the GCSE yeah. that will allow you to do the, the degree in classics. And that's just sort of, it's just sort of becomes like a closed. Yeah. That's why I think it's, it's almost as very compa comparable to things like music because you have to pay for it. Yeah, um, no, and when these things aren't funded by they're not given like the funding by the government because mm. they're not seen as like essential I suppose even though I mean obviously that's not something I believe that no, but um, yeah they just like become barriers for people like barriers of entry for people who perhaps are interested but don't have the like disposable income to be able to enjoy yeah. it exactly and I was saying like just like you said um in classical music is a really good like similar example in that you have to be able to afford the lessons afford the instrument afford the traveling to concerts afford the concert dress like it's in a similar way to classics and these more like unusual degrees and a levels and stuff you just have to have the accessibility to it and if you can't access it without money then you're automatically cutting off a huge subsection of society because if you can't mm. afford it you can't do it and then that's just a closed door. So yeah. it's like a real, real issue. It's yeah. why charities, like I know that um, we've got a link, the, the Department of Classics, Ancient History and Archaeology have a link with Classics for All, mm. which is about yeah. like making it more accessible is so important. And, and I, though I don't come at it as in, as I grew up or from my education from a Classics perspective, I am a, I, music is a huge part of my life. And I was really, really fortunate as I grew up that we had like a local authority um, funding, which meant that I could actually have lessons, which was amazing. And I still play my flute and it's one of the best things that I do. But so I've just seen a, a what oh, did you say? I, I just got very excited because I play flute as well. So. Oh, we'll have to have a duet. I love it. <laughs> um, but I, I think that music is so important and there's so many studies and things that make it so important for young people to be able to engage with and I you know I know it's not and I'm not shooting down like the maths and the English and the sciences that we do need to be able to survive in society you know but I think I think there is a lot to be said for the more creative subjects oh, yeah. um, and so just out of interest you know because I can see it from a music perspective what sort of why do you think that people should have more exposure to classics? Because, and I know what you're saying is that you actually, there's two different um, levels here, isn't there? There's the exposure to classics, like classical literature, as you were saying, Alex, and like, actually you can come in and do a degree at the university in classical literature, having not done a classics A-level or a, a Latin or a Greek qualification. But if you wanted to do classics, you would have to have that qualification. So um, yeah, so I'm just really interested to hear and hear about why you think it is important that we offer this exposure. I think personally, I think also you tend to see the classics getting quite heavily politicized um, mm. and because it's so mystified, it can be used by a political elite 
to sort of demonstrate their intelligence. So back in 2013, we had Boris Johnson reciting the first, the opening to the Iliad. Um, and that was kind of met with comments on Twitter, people going, oh, you'll move Labour. When I actually read an article by Mary Beard and she said, the, to someone who's studied classics, reciting the opening of the Iliad is the same as like reciting Beatles lyrics. Like it's not especially difficult. It doesn't demonstrate any like super, super intelligence, but because people don't have the exposure to it, because people don't understand what it is, it's seen as this like mystical, amazing thing. Like he's a wizard and he's not, <laughs> he's just saying words in a different language, but it, because it's so mystified, it means it can be kind of utilized to sort of make mm. someone look really, really clever. And kind of like, like the equivalent would be if you had like a politician reciting like the quadratic equation to make himself look clever, you just laugh. You just say, why are you doing that? Everyone knows that everyone does GCSE maths, but when everyone doesn't have access to like classical, literature they're not exposed to classical literature it's able to become all mystified and like oh wow he can say some words in greek that makes him like a superior politician like that's no that's no evidence to his integrity it's just sort of uh -uh. elitism mm. but there we go. i think studying classics like is important well obviously i'm going to say that because i'm studying it yeah. um but I think like just knowledge of our past mm. I, I, and I understand history, modern history is so, so important because it's got much more, probably a much more cult. I don't actually know. I'm going to say more it tangible impact, more. Like yeah. Impact. More tangible, maybe more cultural kind of connection. Yeah. Um, in the UK classics is the basis of our society. Mm. Absolutely. Like, and what's quite ironic is that like you see, democracy like the word democracy being sort of banded around and like oh democracy we must protect democracy and then sort of people you need to look into where democracy comes from to really understand like democratic ideals and that sort of thing and what's quite ironic is that classics and ancient history and all of that covers such broad and diverse themes but it's seen as the domain of like a political elite of like straight white men like it's sort of seen as like future prime minister territory it's not seen as something that as diverse and as open as it actually is um yeah. so like you sort of get like um like the tyrannicides like harmodius and aristogeiton so if you want to apply like a a modern modern adjectives to that they were gay refugees and they are the forefathers of democracy supposedly um and it's sort of become this sort of elitist Thing that you don't touch unless you're like a posh basically and then what's ironic is that it's a really diverse really broad and really um welcoming discipline that people just aren't able to access because of i mean primarily because of finances and because the curriculum is quite narrow as well yeah i i totally agree i think the this might be something that we've already mentioned it's certainly something i've discussed with with other students and and with academics in the department but like classics and ancient history and you know archaeology as well all of that is um and, and history more generally is um, about telling stories and i don't mean fix necessarily fiction i just mean it is about retelling the the past uh and reframing it and that's why we can keep doing that it's why it's never going to go out of date because we can reframe it based on current experiences based on new theories based on new criticisms you know and it's about 
actually being able to critically analyze that and often empathize with mm. those stories that you're telling and to, to understand all of that is 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 huge and i think you know it's, it's one of I, i'm saying this quite um naively i suppose having not studied it directly but i think that there is definitely something to be said in we need to learn from the past there's so many um clear parallels and things um yes as you guys were both saying in uh the more modern history which has perhaps had a more tangible impact but it doesn't mean that it's it's alone the, the one impact yeah exactly ellen yeah and also and you're talking about like new viewpoints and taking new takes and you are starting mm -hmm. to see that more like you've got authors like um like madeline miller and natalie haynes <laughs> writing things like the song of achilles and um was it a thousand ships which is yes from the women's perspective and that's like really great examples of that because it's to have like new stories new versions of things that because people might get like you see like the classical canon as like the iliad the aeneid the odyssey and that's it but like by having taking new viewpoints taking new opinions and like interpretations um you're able to have a actually realize how diverse how and how broad it is and that's like what's really important because i think a lot of people don't realize that classics can be like changing and new viewpoints and new opinions it's not like a closed you learn about the iliad you learn about the aeneid and that's it it's not you can take so many different paths with it um yes yeah, never in a vacuum yeah exactly it doesn't exist in a vacuum at all which that's a really good way of putting it what more do you think could slash should be done mm -hmm. Um, to kind of break down the barriers and make classics more accessible? I would certainly be keen on expanding like the plain history curriculum. So, um, so like, like GCSE history, A-level A history, I can say hand on heart, I probably studied World War II every year since about year five. And obviously this is like a really, really important um, piece of like cultural trauma also almost. Um, yeah. It's a really important topic to learn about. I think it would be great if we could start to introduce more um, ancient topics to to children, to people from a younger age. And I know everyone does like the Romans, but maybe something that isn't the Romans, because people kind of sometimes get bored of the Romans and that sort of thing. So, <laughs> Speaking from experience, so maybe. <laughs> I, I do think like um, introducing like ancient history is not like a separate thing, because it is quite seen as quite separate. You've got history and ancient history, but you don't call regular history modern history. So I think separa separating them makes people really think ancient history is for a certain group of people and history is for another group of people. But I think the curriculum could certainly be expanded to include more ancient, more uh, early medieval, that sort of thing, just to kind of pique people's interest. Because if you're not exposed to it, then you're not gonna, it's harder for you to uh, get the motivation to like go and google it or go and read about it or something so i think that would be quite good yeah just to confirm when you say about the curriculum because obviously like we do i, I totally agree with you we mm. don't say modern history and things or or, or as openly or as uh, used yeah. as a terminology more generally until we get to the higher yeah. levels of education because you know you do have modern or contemporary or whatever historians mm. that, that and that is what they specialize in at our university and our department um, so when you say exposure, you, you mean at a younger age? Yes. I'm yeah. Sure. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. In secondary schools and that sort of thing, because yeah. that's when 
people because like certainly when I was applying for my degree people were going oh that's really niche it's not really that niche it's no nicher than someone going off to study a history degree and just and then just doing modern history but because we're not exposed because we seem to see modern history as the norm like that's normal history that's um regular history yeah. it means that when people want to study classics or ancient history they're like oh but this is different this isn't mm. like what i'm used to and so people mm. are put off from it because it isn't what they're used to which is understandable like i can see why you go well i've never learned about ancient history i've never realized that i enjoy ancient history so why would i want to pay thirty thousand pounds a year well thirty thousand pounds in total to <laughs> well i don't know maybe it is thirty thousand pounds a year yeah, who knows these days <laughs> but yeah no you don't want to do things that are unknown so by introducing it at a younger age like GCSE level not necessarily doing making every school do Latin GCSE but by expanding the history the regular history curriculum to include more things beyond the 20th century basically I think it would be really good because it would mean people are more aware of what people are talking about when they say oh so and so did classics it's not like a mystical thing they're not a wizard they just do that just means they're studying ancient, like, old texts. Like, it's not yeah. it's mystifying it. It's so important. I think I mentioned in a previous podcast, when I used to work at, a, at checkouts on a supermarket and, like, you'd get the chatty customers. Yeah. Um, some of them would be like, oh, like, what are you studying at university? And I'd say, oh, I'm studying classical literature. And the response would always be sort of, ooh, really? <laughs> wow what are you gonna just thinking that? like that's not the reaction i really want like obviously i want to sound impressive like that's i'm fine with that if yeah, you, yeah. i'm fine with that yeah. but actually it's not that like that person i'm speaking to as a as a customer you could study it yeah exactly. that's so important that like people realize that they can do it like it's not like you don't have to be special to study yeah. classics. you have to be like come from old money to go and study classics <laughs> like it's for everyone and I certainly got like, a very similar reaction. And also people going, oh, what job are you going to get? And you're kind of like... Yes, um. yes, yes. And no it's always that. polar opposites, isn't it? It's either, oh, look at you go. Like, yeah. That's really like impressive, which don't get me wrong. I think you both are very special and impressive and, you know, managing to do these degrees. But I also, it's either that or it's, unless you meet somebody who's previously studied it, studied it. So what on earth are you going to do with that? Yeah, like, and it just, it, yeah, I, think, I used I, to say to people like, well, well, I didn't used to say this, but you say it in my head. I'm not confident <laughs> enough to say this. I'd just be like, well, I don't think that's any of your business. No, it's not, it's not anyone. <laughs> what I'm going to do with my degree. <laughs> you don't ask other people that if they're not doing like a, a weird degree. Um, but and also I think because people don't know what you can do with it, I think that also puts people off studying it. Because if Absolutely. you can go and do like a law conversion, you can go and do journalism, you can go and do literally anything, especially things involving writing and analysing. You can go and do a conversion and become an accountant. You can, it, the world is like your oyster and it doesn't, oh, yeah. and I think people don't realise that as they think, oh, you've got to go and be an academic or a librarian. And or a curator. Or you curator. Have to, you yeah. can only work in a museum. That's yeah, your exactly. only path. And it doesn't, it just teaches you so many transferable skills. Oh so, yeah. So, so useful. And also makes you look, clever yeah there you go <laughs> special they're just as smart as the prime minister <laughs> maybe isn't i don't know but if he's if, but the problem is if he's the figurehead if he's what people are seeing as what classics is then like that's not great 
Um, I mean, there was no. a, an interview, not an interview, a speech yesterday to a school. And he started talking to these students about Latin grammar. And they were just sat there going, what is this? And it's a scene as something so distant. And so uh, things that prime ministers do, it's not seen as something that the general <laughs> public or the general public um that us peasants can study um <laughs> succeed in no, you don't, don't have to go to like an oxford college to succeed after doing classics you can go to any uni do classics love it and then go and do something else that you also okay. love like, i think like making sure it is demystified and making sure that it isn't just seen as something that people mm -hmm. who go to private school study because yeah, i think absolutely. certainly in my area um you should have talked to people like certainly when i was in school talk to people you're ready to go to a different school maybe a private school they go oh i'm doing latin and you're like oh, okay like that's a private school thing and mm. i think we all managed to get a bit of a chip on our shoulders certainly oh yeah about like oh no i don't i don't study latin i'm i go to a state school but i think if you can get if you can cast that off and realize that classics is not a simply an elite thing but it's such an issue with it because it is just seen as a posh thing oh it's just <laughs> I can tell you're so passionate about it. <laughs> it's so lovely to hear you talk about it. And, and I think we just have to say that we're by no means villainizing those people no. who have gone to a private school. It's just the fact that we do, it shouldn't be a segregated subject. Or like a subject. As you were saying, like music, like this is in no way like looking down upon people who go to private school that go to Oxford, study classics. That's fantastic. And it's amazing that they've had all those opportunities that have allowed them to get to that stage. But we need to make sure that everyone is getting the same opportunities, the same um, exposure that they've been having. And it's just making sure that we're all getting an equal opportunity to make the same informed decisions and decide where we want to point our lives in what direction, basically. Yeah. But there we go. But I think it's wonderful to have heard about your thoughts and you know your passion for being able to make it accessible to all um so before we wrap up with our big final question it's not that big don't panic it's, <laughs> it's good fun uh do you have anything else you wish to add either of you no i'm ready for the question no i'm ready i want to know about the big question <laughs> <laughs> It's a big question though. Oh God, okay. <laughs> no, it's not. It's just kind of what we'll end the podcast on every week. So it's like a tradition. Um, the question is, what is one piece of advice you would give to yourself if you were fresher or an advice you, piece of advice you would give to incoming students? Just generally? Yeah. Oh, um, like get involved in as much as you can. And I know everyone says this, but <laughs> like, go like the thing about uni is that it's different from school so don't just treat it like school and just go to lectures and go home like get involved in societies and um like sports and like things that the department's doing like like this great podcast and loads of things that are going on in your subject like join your subject society i would say is quite good um because there's like bar crawls and, and other things <laughs> and other things beyond the bar crawls um but I think just making sure you really throw yourself into it and that everyone is feeling as nervous and as scared as you are. I think it was the biggest thing for me is I was like, oh no, I'm so scared. But everyone else was really scared. Yeah. Making friends. So just making sure you really throw yourself into everything and enjoy it as much as you can because you're going to be 50 grand in debt by the end of it. So. Oh gosh. <laughs> you might as well have fun. <laughs> so, yeah. I totally agree with you. 
yeah you like you just want to have as much fun as you can and enjoy what is what might be the best three years of your life so you never know but yeah absolutely love that well thank you for joining us for this podcast oh, thank you how really interesting <laughs> and um listeners thank you for listening and join us again on our next podcast which will be next week next week yeah thank you so much ellen thank and you. alex thank you so much thank for having you. me thank you it's been See lovely you. bye bye